Welcome to the Mindful Paths podcast with Nick Day and Harry Kalimnios. I'm Harry, an experienced executive wellness and longevity coach, keynote speaker and author of two best-selling books titled The Thought Gym and Working Well. And I'm Nick, an executive coach, founder of a multi-million pound award-winning business, an age group international athlete and a husband and parent to two beautiful children. Despite our different lifestyles and different approaches, we share similar values and we hope that by listening in on our conversations, we'll unearth some insights that may just help you to achieve your goals. Perhaps you want to become a better parent, boss, colleague, friend, or perhaps you simply want to live a longer, happier and healthier life. Well, we're here to help you to silence that inner voice of doubt that lives within us all. As I always say, Nick, if we train the mind, the rest will follow. Absolutely right, Harry. So let's get started. Harry, how are you doing? Good to see you again, buddy. Likewise. So tell us what's going on. So I thought I'd try and get a good handicap in golf. I thought it's a safe sport, mindfulness, fresh air, couple of hours on a golf course. But lo and behold, I slipped on a hill in the wet and I've torn my quad. I'll be honest, I'm gutted. A bit that, uh, that jumps to my mind to help you out here, which is it's all about reframing, right? With the mindset. One of the key things that I love, a big tool is reframing. So like, how can you reframe or look at the situation you've got from a different angle? So it's not... There's an equation that I like from Jack Canfield, who wrote the hugely successful Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And I don't know if you've heard this before, but I I write about it in the book that I'm releasing. And it says E plus R equals O. E plus R equals O. E stands for event. Most people think event equals O, which is O is for outcome. So like, you know, you bust your leg outcome is bad. You lose your job, outcome bad, right? You, you know, whatever. But actually the R is the thing that changes the equation. And the R doesn't stand for reaction, but it stands for response. And the difference between a reaction and a response is that response is more measured and generally something that you've got control over, whereas the reaction is a bit more immediate and and usually not so positive. It's like if a doctor, if you went to a doctor and you were ill and they said, here, take this pill, come back in a week and see me. And they said to you, right, you've had this pill for a week. Your body is reacting to it. Here, yeah. take this other pill, come back and see me in a week. And the week later, they say, okay, your body is responding to it. Most people would rather hear the responding bit. So the idea is that it's your response to the thing that matters. And so my question to you would be, now that this has happened and it gives you that opportunity to effectively rest in certain ways, what is it that you've been saying putting off doing that you could maybe use that time for because you're training like four five six hours ten hours a week i don't know what you're training yeah 10 to 15 hours a week well so that 10 to 15 hours now firstly you don't have to put off all, all that training because in my view when i bust my knee i use that as an opportunity to like focus on upper body strength you know the pull-ups the push-ups things that i wasn't good at before yeah you're right there's other things i can be doing i'm trying to keep that positive mindset listen to the advice that i know i mean i, I said to my wife earlier you know what I can still cycle with one leg. I can rest one and I can do some single arm mm-hmm. cycling, build the strength in my right leg. So, um, well, I don't, maybe. I don't, I personally, <laughs> I would problem. stay off the, I would stay off the, um, the leg, but are you doing a triathlon in three, yeah. three months? Yeah. Well, yeah. I would exactly. go swimming. I would go swimming and not use the legs. I would just do focus on the arms. Just go get into the pool, focus on swimming using just your arms. All right. Do that. And I'll just focus on that upper body strength, which maybe is not as useful in, in the running and the cycling. But I would also think like 
for me, it seems that your identity, a lot of your identity is tied towards performance and achievement and, you know, having that constant goal to kind of keep you motivated, right? Whereas I train for just general life and stuff. You're always training for an event. So what is this teaching you about that you can learn about yourself in terms of, you know, adapting that or tweaking that? I'll tell you what. So what, it's, what I'm worried about, and this is something that I think it's worth talking about, and I told you about it briefly uh, before coming on, is I've become very aware of the, mm. of the poisons in my life. And when I talk about poison, I think, okay, now I've got more time. Yeah, I can sit down and, and, and all the will in the world, I can sit, sit there. Yeah, I could write, go and write a book now. I've got this six, seven weeks off. In reality, it's not enough time to get what I want done. I could get the book started, though. Right? I appreciate that. But I talked, we talked before I don't know if I've got enough motivation to to make that my core focus at the minute. I want to be prepared where when I go for something, I know I'm going to finish it, whereas this is going to keep me out for several weeks. So what's come to mind more is I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling frustrated, and suddenly the, the, the poisons, the things that I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't be doing suddenly come a lot more attractive. So diet being number one. Like today I'm thinking, oh, well, if I can't train, I'm not going to get fit. I may as well eat biscuits. And I've had several today in my, in my following. I think, all right, and I know I'm doing it. I think, well, I'm going to do it anyway. It's a bad, you know, that angel, angel and devil thing going on in your shoulders. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? If I can't train, maybe I'll just get my, I haven't played like computer games for so long. And there's a reason for that because I know I, it's a vice of mine. If I get them out, I lose things. I try to be productive. I try to read, try to be really progressive. And it's something I know adds absolutely nothing to my life apart from I lose several hours achieving absolutely nothing. But they're the kind of things that start to come to the surface. We've got, uh, we've got Cheltenham on today, you know, the gold cup. I don't mind a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a gamble, a bit of research into those kind of things. Oh, maybe I could do that. And I think, oh no, that opens up another little pathway of things that I know I'm susceptible to. So it's, it's funny because I've only been injured for two days. I know I'm going to be injured for several weeks. And rather than look for the positive bits, I'm being tempted in to the poison things that really don't add anything. That's part of the process as well. That's part of the process, right? In that first, in that first bit, I don't know whether we go through the kind of the 12 stages of grief or whatever, six stages of grief, whatever it is that, you know, with the the denial, blah, blah, bargaining, whatever, all of those things. Um, but your vices, it seems like I, I, I suspect that. A lot of them are like, it's almost feels like you're, you're trying to replace the high that you get from, from the exercise, the endorphin rush, the whatever the thing is that you're getting from exercise with something else that is going to be creating that similar thing, right? Gambling, Probably. you never know. I'm just thinking of things you've given me there. That's sugar. That's a high. Uh, I hadn't no, realized it that way around, but yeah, a win or yeah. a gamble or winning some money, a high. Uh, computer yeah, games, so yeah, I tend to play football computer games or, or you know, sporty ones yeah. where you win something, you know. Yeah, because there's that, there's that, you don't know what's going to happen next. That gives you that, that, that literally that, that kind of, um, hormonal change. You get that with food because that's going to affect your, you know, release of hormones once, once it's digested. You're getting that with the gambling, you're getting that with the computer games because you're getting that stimulation. So it, knowing that, I guess the question becomes, is there something else that can give you that similar, because re, like writing your book is not, right? That's just a fact. It's not going to give yeah. you that thing. Um, so having that excess time is not going to help you in that regard, but you, you, but knowing that you need to replace that high 
with another high of some sort, what could that be that is not going to be such a, an addictive vice? Because you're, you know, I, I remember you are, you are like a bit of an all or nothing person. Like you go full on in your exercise, you go full in with all these things, right? You're quite extreme. So my question is, what is the thing that can get you that high? I think it's because I need a bit more at the moment because of what's going on in personal yeah. life. Right? So we talked in the last episode, but dad's unwell. I'm trying to get my mind off that stuff. And I know if I just immerse myself in computer games, for example, and by the way, for those listening, I haven't picked up a computer or play computer games for years. This is the first time it's popped up and become of interest now. And I think it's a bit of escapism, right? We need that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and I know yeah. I don't have to think about anything else. I'll get immersed into something else. But actually, I'm just killing time. And it's it's not healthy. Time is the most precious thing we have. It's one thing I tell myself. Of everything else, money comes and goes. Time is so precious that I don't want to give away a minute. So I know that's really bad. And it's surprising me that I'm listening to that that voice that's telling me, go come and come come over here, come and turn this on for a little bit. And I justify it. I go, oh, I haven't shown my son you. yet. I haven't shown my son yet these computer games. Maybe this is an opportunity. And I'm justifying, I'm finding yeah. a way of justifying the move. Yeah. But I'm aware of it. I'm listening to that voice and I'm trying to compartmentalize I mean, all, it and understand it. It's not all bad, right? Like, like there is something to listen to the body. Now I, I'm, I'm full on with the escape for me. I never got into computer games because I know that I could be someone that then goes and spends yeah, hours doing computer games. And my parents never let us have computer games uh, as a kid. And I'm really actually ultimately thankful for that. And I actually feel sorry for children today because now, even if you don't have a console, there's games everywhere on your phone and everything else. Sure. Um, and I know that I, I think once I borrowed like someone's Wii or something like that, my sister's Wii at some point, and, and I could find myself spending ages on it. And I just thought it's not a good thing. Now I, I have my own escapism and I tend to be with movies I tend to watch quite a lot of movies um, because that's my way of escaping things. Um, but sometimes it's okay, right? It's good to have that escapism. That's the whole point, right? Your body, ultimately, your subconscious mind, the thing you need to understand, which I'm sure you do, but your subconscious mind, the main, main directive it's got is to keep you safe, right? That's That's basically it. And so it's trying to keep you safe in some way by getting you distracted because you don't want to think about other stuff that's going on or whatever else. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me it's too dangerous to go yeah. that way. Means that I'm going to I'm going to open Pandora's box and I'll end up finding something. And I'll I just know myself mm. too well. I, I'm interested to know for you. You said if movies is your escapism, I don't know about mm. you, but if I play computer games for too long, I actually get that feeling inside of like almost like you've lost money gambling. That mm. horrible gut when you go, I've just given away. But I've had this for a long time. So I haven't played them for a long time, but I feel like I've just given away four hours of my life. And I've, and you get that almost like I've lost, because instead, well, for me, it's the same. I've, I've lost time for no reason. Yeah. It feels the same, if not worse, than losing money. So whether it's gambling yeah. or whether it's computer games, you just get that tightness and that guilt and that, oh, yeah. So I know that, that, that thought yeah. is too strong for me, I think, to actually go down that path. But it's interesting how much it's tempting me in. So what, what let's say you're in the same thing. So you, when you were going to go to India to do yoga, you got your injury. Or even if it's not that incident, what's your poison? What are the what are the temptations that you know you have to you have to be mindful of? Um, for me, it's definitely, um, and I've no, well, definitely like things like movies and TV shows. Like, so I don't get into TV shows if I can help them because I'm right. like, especially with these kind of box set type things everywhere, because I I will just go and blitz. 
you know, 10 seasons in like two weeks, right? Because I, I don't have an off switch when it comes to that sort of stuff. So I, I mean, tend awesome. not brilliant watch. series out there at the moment yeah, though, aren't i tend not to watch anything <laughs> that's good right so like i've never watched the wire house of cards game of thrones um ozark even the last of us anything that people are saying is really good i i tend not to watch but even like things that are mediocre like recently i re re got into watching new girl which was like a comedy show and i just wanted some comedy for like 20 minutes here and there and i ended up watching like six or seven or eight episodes in an evening right which is like you know, a good amount of hours uh and i just thought you know what i've just got to get through it now accept that i'm gonna have a, a, a like a couple of weeks where it's going to be a bit non-productive in in the evenings and and be okay with that that's why i tend to like movies because then it's you know one and done sort of thing yeah. um so uh like that's a vice Food is always going to be one of those things as well, because like for me anyway, when I can't exercise, I'm a bit like you. I'm like, well, you know, okay, what's the point? I'll just, you know, step 10 steps back and then I'll, I'll sort it out when I, when I can move and exercise my body. Um, I think the biggest thing for me has been this idea of forgiving yourself for like being less than perfect. Because I think sometimes we've been like people who consider themselves achievers or A types or something like that feel like everything you, you know you've got to be perfect or you've got to always be utilizing every minute of the day but actually sometimes being productive is actually being nothing doing nothing right and and going backwards a little bit and having those experiences where you're going backwards so to speak so that you can then know to move forward again and i think going into that recognizing that in the first place you're already kind of winning it's just when you go into that and you you maybe don't have that awareness and then you don't know how to get out of it that's the thing but because you're you've, you're going to go into whatever let's call it a downward spiral even though it's not a downward spiral but let's call it that sure you're going into that with that awareness so you, you're basically going into a tunnel knowing there's an exit as opposed to going into a cave and there's a difference there i think it's made me think about the kind of poisons that do exist, though. And I, I, I've labelled it poison, and we could obviously label it whatever we want. And in my head, I label yeah, it poison. Advice but is challenges. It's funny because you read books, and they say, you know, if you've got if you've got that friend, I say friend inverted commas, that's always negative, always pulls you down. You know, actually, how much do they add? And sometimes, you know, poison could be could be that that person in in your life that just doesn't yeah. add people bad about it. it could be. Uh, alcohol you know it could be or whatever any whatever those things are that you just know aren't yeah. good for you but we we kind of continue down that path anyway and so i use the word poisons it's the only word i could really think of that related to a whole array of different potential things that that can tempt you into to doing something or even not tempting doesn't you just do it because it's it's routine it's what we know so i'll have i'll have that extra drink or i'll go and see that person even though i don't enjoy myself because it's just what i've always done and we don't always necessarily get familiar with the impact it's having yeah. well it's safe and it's secure and you're going back to something familiar that's the thing yeah and, and so like um you know it might be that yeah that friend is not the best person to be around because they're yeah always negative or always criticizing you or something but maybe they're someone that you knew way back when and and now you feel like you need something that you know effectively yeah like well, I thought- we're always afraid of the unknown. So when we go back to familiarity, 
we feel comfortable. And it goes back to the whole thing is the brain is trying to keep you safe, the tr- right? And secure. And it's like, what, what is it that's going to do that? Right. Well, playing computer games might keep me safe and secure because I've also got a level of control, right? Some of it's to do with control. So you, you've got some level of control because you can shoot the bad guy or score the goal or whatever. Right now, you feel out of control, I presume, because you've got this, this thigh, uh, you know, this quad situation going on and you feel like, you don't have that level of control that you normally do to do your training, to perform in the way you want. And so I don't know, maybe the internal conflict is coming from not having a sense of control when you go into, let's say gambling or food addiction or gaming. I don't know. And you're looking for some level. I think, I think some of it's probably down to the fact that, um, Typically, I would consider myself, my wife may just, she'll say I get quite stressed, but I think I'm pretty carefree, upbeat, positive, always, you know, point half full, one half empty kind of a guy. But I've, I've got a bit of anger because it was, it happened through something, from a situation that just shouldn't have happened. I was just playing a leisurely round of golf that didn't put any of the other things in jeopardy in my mind. So I'm mm. really, I'm angry with, I don't know what with, but there's an emotion that I don't tend to, let in that often it's not something that i think others would necessarily proportion to me as one of the, my key emotions so i'm trying to kind of keep that anger animal back push it back down but i'm frustrated i want to let it out in some way and maybe yeah. it's just like oh you know, you're frustrated that, that so had this injury happened because you were doing a triathlon i think i could reason with it yeah okay. yeah so i don't know whether it's that sense of embarrassment or whether it's that like that sense of you know, it's like when I, sometimes I, I've tweaked my neck just brushing my hair, right? For some reason. And that, this is not even a joke, right? And I, I haven't done this for years and I've done work on building things up, but it's, it's always the straw that breaks the camel's back sort of thing. But I, I wouldn't be too upset with that. I think it may be, again, it comes back to what is this situation trying to show me? Is it trying to show me humility? Is it trying to show me that you could do everything right and then you do the simplest thing and you're still going to get like injured and and actually maybe that means and again i say to people nothing means anything except for the meaning you give it so if you choose that meaning of this is that well actually if i can get injured like just doing a round of golf like that then screw it maybe i should go and do crazy extreme red bull style sports right because actually if i can get injured playing golf i might as well just do all the crazy stuff as well right yeah that could be the meaning Right. Other people might take a different meaning from it altogether and say, you know, well, I, you know, I shouldn't do anything right <laughs> anymore. Right. But you choose that. So it's up to you to decide what, why, what it means to you. I think it made, made me, um, want to do today's show though. Cause I thought, you know what? If I'm feeling like this, let, let's explore it. It's a genuine thing that happened yesterday and I've been frustrated. It did remind me of, and uh, for those that may or may not have heard my other show, probably unlikely because it's quite niche in the world of HR and payroll. But I did a, um, a piece on, on a parable, which is known as uh, the good, only feed the good wolf. And you may, I know you know it because uh, I was initially thinking about potentially calling this show the good wolf. So it's something that's really, really apparent in my mindset on a regular basis. But for those that aren't familiar with it, it's an old story where a child says to a grandfather, you know, there's, there's a terrible fight going on inside me. I don't know what's going on. I'm angry and I'm doing still things. And the grandfather says, well, look, 
the fight you're experiencing is a fight between two wolves that live inside of us all. And he said, one is evil, one is angry, one is envious, and it's greedy, and it's arrogant, and it's guilty, and it has self-pity and resentment and inferiority and all those emotions you can think of, pride, superior, ego, that one thing we should all definitely leave at the door, in my opinion. Whereas the other wolf, well, that's the good one. That's the joy, the peace, the love, the tranquility, serenity, humanity, empathy, which is so important, kindness, generosity. And they fight all the time inside of you. And the boy says to the grandfather, okay, but which wolf wins? And the grandfather says, the one that you feed. And you know what? Right now I'm thinking I'm feeding the wrong wolf. I know it. And I'm really trying hard not to feed it. So in front of me, be impressed. I've got a new, a new water bottle we can talk about, which is a keep myself hydrated. I'm not trying to. No wine on the table yet, but I think I'm not training. I could have a glass of wine. No, I'll, I'll stick to water or, or Vibrina in my instance. I'm thinking, oh, you know, I can go down and, and just purge myself on bad food because I'm feeling bad about it. But I also know that's going to put my training back even more if mm. I go and do that. Actually, I need to try and be healthier than even when I was training because then I'm not fighting to get battle. But these battles, they're constant. They're like, right. And it's good because I think I'm conscious of what's going on doesn't make the battle necessarily easier unless but i'm aware i think that's the awareness the awareness you talk about i know it's there yeah. so i can kind of reason yeah. with both wolves that are going on and try and stay on the side of the good one and coming on this show and doing this recording with you again today was like okay that's the good wolf bit that's the bit where we can talk it through we can recognize it you can give me some strategies or give me some ideas about how it's all working and by the end of it i'm still gonna have a bag quad it'll be there for the next several episodes probably but hopefully i'll come away with a slightly more positive mindset about how i can you know wake up tomorrow morning it's okay like the the reality is right and I, i say this to people all the time we live in a relativistic universe right what does that mean is that nothing is good or bad tall or short or anything right unless it's relative to something else and so when we talk about being positive that's obviously being relative to negative Therefore, you can't have the positive without the negative because it makes no sense otherwise, right? And so experiencing the so-called negative that you may be feeling is a necessary part to experience the positive as well. Otherwise, it wouldn't be positive. It would just be... It's that balancing of duality that we've, we've talked exactly. about. Exactly. Exactly. Before coming on. And, and, and I think this is just so important to understand. And, um, and I think... Yeah, whatever wolf you feed is going to win. But at the same time, um, they both have started the battle with a full belly, right? And, and so that's okay. You're right at the beginning of the battle. <clears throat> so I think it's about recognizing that, doing your best to, to feed the good wolf and then allowing the other one to kind of exercise itself out. Now, one of the things I, I've done a lot of work personally on um, kind of inner talk uh, using some of the things I learned doing NLP years ago. But one of the things I remember at one seminar I was at actually years ago, and I quite liked it because um, the guy was quite a good teacher, a guy called T. Harvecker. I remember him talking about um, the inner critic and and how some people in the audience will be getting caught up on uh, something he says, right. That they don't agree with or, or whatever, especially like someone like me who, you know, I'm quite well read. I'm, I'm quite a little bit analytical 
people and I can quite pick up on things if I don't agree with them. And then I can be attached to that, right? So much so that I miss everything that comes afterwards. Yeah. Um, things I remember him saying is that when that kind of voice comes into your head and it's talking about, oh, that person was, you know, he, what he said is wrong. Okay. It should have been 50, not 30 that he said or whatever. Right. Is just say thank you. Right. To your, your inner voice, your inner critic, whatever the thing is that's trying to get you to do the thing. And actually I found that really worked for me is like, so when that, negative voice comes in and says oh you know you can't do that you can't you know who are you to do that okay thank you right because sometimes it just needs that acknowledgement to let then let it go again so i'm just wondering whether there's something in there for you to take in terms of reckon like like not hiding these emotions hiding these feelings this frustration whatever it's just like, okay thank you i acknowledge that right i am frustrated i am you know i am potentially susceptible to my poisons um thank you thank you for reminding me that right um because i think rather than trying to come up with a solution straight away it's like it's first just acknowledge the the problems that are happening rather than automatically going through yeah i mean i I know the theory of acknowledging something as well um means it it doesn't land if you don't acknowledge it it sits there often Mm. in the back thing whereas a bit like you talk to me you know, months ago about meditation, you, you, and I, I was stuck with me. You think, just think about a cloud passing your window, you acknowledge it and let it pass. And that's the acknowledging piece. Whereas, you know, if you try and grab it and pull it in and realize you can't catch it, you, you're following yeah. you know, the next day, you're frustrated. You weren't able to reach it or couldn't get it in or couldn't gather it in. Actually just acknowledge it and let it pass your window. That, that's probably the one thing about meditation. Cause I don't meditate like you do that really stuck with me about sort of putting that into perspective. And I thought, you mentioned earlier a couple of things that, that make up my mind moving. It was, was the idea of wanting to go to computer games because you just need that empty space, that time to just go, you know what? I just want to be with my thoughts and then I'm going to lose and free my mind a little bit because the idea of flow is you're not thinking of anything. And the beauty mm. of being on a computer game watching a movie is the only thing you're really thinking about is the, is the immersive experience you've got in front of you, which means you're not thinking of all the stuff's going on in your, in your world, right? And you've got, your dad's been on where mine has. If I'm in a movie, I'm not necessarily thinking about that at that moment. I'm immersed in something else. And I think computer games yeah. give you that. So I think yeah. those interests in the state of flow, that really, or, or Zen or whatever it is, it's when you're not, when you go able to just get rid of all your thoughts. And that's, that's kind of where, you know, where you want to get to in the place of enlightenment. Not taking it too far away, but what was interesting when you said that, I thought was the idea of recovery. Now, obviously I'm in a state of recovery now because of an accident. But what actually landed for me when you talked about the idea of computer games, which I thought was quite interesting, not saying I'm going to go down that path, was the idea of a Grand Prix race that's won and lost in the pits. You've got these fast cars zooming around at two, three hundred miles an hour, but actually it's won and lost in the pits. It's won and lost at the one moment they actually get to sit down and recover and mm. stop. And then that, and I, that's always sat with me, that idea of recovery that we go, so, and I'm one that does this, goes a hundred miles an hour all the time, but I'm a little bit uncomfortable with not being uncomfortable in that space, in that speed of suddenly actually stopping and doing what actually most of the population seem to do, which is chill out in an evening and just, just watch mm. TV or whatever. I find that sometimes uncomfortable, but maybe it's that recovery. Maybe my body is telling me that, Actually, I just need to recover. I don't know yeah. if all of my muscles are at the uh, within one inch of being pulled or torn at the moment. I mean, slipping yeah. on a hill, I'm that's why I'm frustrated. I can't believe this has happened. I literally fell on a hill and tore so muscle. I don't know. Maybe my whole body's in that in that state. Um, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I remember thinking when I went to India 
like originally when I was going to India, uh, before I got injured, my intention was to, to, to work on this book that I've been writing for all these years. Right. And, um, and I, I found it quite interesting. And again, this comes back to nothing has any meaning except for the meaning give it. And I just thought to myself, you know what? This is actually forcing me because when I go traveling, I actually like to move around quite a lot. I spend like two, three nights in one place, two, three nights in somewhere else. And I go, but this forced me, I could only go to really two places because I had to take a taxi from one end of Goa to another because it forced me to actually slow down and sit and write and like, and also do other things. Right. I started doing. Uh, different meditations, Kundalini yoga, like, you know, all of the things that didn't require me to, to move the body. I mean, it was so, so much pain. I didn't actually know at the time that I'd torn my meniscus as a bucket handle tear at the time until I got an MRI done up there, but it forces you to do something. And actually maybe the body is, is telling you something it's like maybe, you know, I found that sometimes when I get injured, like, like a minor injury, which maybe say keeps me off for a couple of weeks. And then I go back to like, say yoga, like, wow, I'm actually way better. And I didn't realize quite like how on the edge I might have been before. Because mm-hmm. sometimes like, this is the one thing I've got, like we both got aura rings. So for the audience at home, an aura ring is um, just like a, a sleep tracking device. Over- I've lost mine. I've put it down somewhere to play golf. I, put, I took it off. I won't have that. And I don't know why I took it off. I cannot find it. It's in my house somewhere. And I've got no way. I've looked in all the obvious places. No idea where I put it. So that's an expensive uh, loss at the moment, but <laughs> I detract. What would be interesting is that like in my scores, always it says I'm not giving myself enough downtime. And I'm thinking like, what? Because I actually, I don't train hard like you, but I do, I am quite active throughout the day, right? So I might be moving three, four hours a day in terms of like, I might do an hour of yoga, I might do half an hour rebounding, I might get on a bike for a bit to travel places. So I might be moving three hours, four hours a day. And it's always saying I'm not giving myself enough rest time, which I find interesting because I'm not really training hard, hard. Um, and so I don't, and I had a friend who, who got the whoop, which is similar. And, and he only started resting more once he got the whoop. And the, the whoop was basically telling him, even though he felt great and he's a really high performer, yeah. runs three, yeah. three businesses. Um, and the whoop stopped complaining that he was overexerting himself. Cause I've, I've always felt for years that you're running and I, you know, we don't see each other that often, but you are like always doing something right. You run two podcasts, a business, two kids, like, like, like all the things that you do. I just don't know how you do it. And and I know part of the reason you do it is because you don't sleep as much as I do. Maybe no, I do suffer with insomnia. That's something we should get into in another, another episode. Yeah, we should definitely. Uh, that, and know, it definitely yeah. helps me be more productive. <laughs> Yeah, well, you get more done, but I always say to people, the best productivity hack that I know, and I tell this to the students I work with all the time, is sleep. That is the simple, that is the single best productivity hack there is out there. And there's countless studies that can prove me right in terms of, as well, injury as well. I don't think you've read um, Why We Sleep, Matthew Walker. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, you might my, my different opinion on this one, I think. I mean, look, I would love to get more sleep. 20- Maybe that's another reason why you, you work. Like, cause I know that, for example, I struggle to sleep if I don't say get like, maybe like say 12,000 steps a day or something like that. I know it's like my, my, ba- my mind is busier because actually, and the reason for this is your, your brain actually uses 20% of your energy needs at rest. And so if you've got excess energy in your body, when you go to bed, the brain is the best place to burn that energy actually and that's why your mind will be racing but you obviously you exercise loads and loads and that, i'm sure that helps with your sleep because then you're hopefully tired enough 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm touch wood. I'm in a good spot at the minute. My sleep isn't too much of an issue. But um, I mean, for, oh, here's oh. a good example, right? So a lot of people would say the best way for, for sleep is to create a sleep environment and to have a routine and go to bed at the same time. I couldn't think of a worse bit of advice for me. I, the best advice for me, if I try to have an early night, my wife will tell you, and my wife is someone who head hits the pillow. She's out. She's gone. Like she yeah. sleeps in a, in, a, in a heartbeat. But if I if I go for an early night and she comes up to see me, like I'll be yeah. wide awake. The whole, yeah. the whole uh, mindset piece of just going, it's an early night, tells me I ain't going to sleep. So for me, for me to have the routine I've got now, which is really good sleep, where my, my um, aura ring when I'm wearing it averages now about four hours, 50 to five hours a night. And that, that's fine for me. I can survive in that quite happily. But I get that because I go to sleep when I'm t- when I feel tired, I go to bed. And there will be others that say, it's be like, well, if you feel thirsty, you're already dehydrated. So maybe if I'm feeling tired, I'm already underslept but for me if i go to bed when i'm tired i know i'll sleep i haven't got to challenge it i'm I'm gone if i go early and try and catch up on sleep no chance i'll end up being awake the entire night i i would normally recommend as you say right like i with the with the, the drinking water i think yeah you should be drinking all the day but like all the time and not get to that thirsty point but with the sleep i do say go to bed tired the, the challenge that most people have is the things they're doing in the preceding three, four hours are not helping that tiredness. I'd accept that, the blue, the blue light being a computer. The blue light, the stimulus, all that. And so, um, but I normally, you know, I had issues with sleep for for years, like uh, in terms of, you know, taking me a long time to get to sleep, usually like 45 minutes to an hour. And I used to think that was normal and average. Uh, And now typically, recently it's been a bit worse actually, but like typically for the last sort of 10 years, you know, within 45 seconds now, I'm asleep. Now, a lot of that wasn't, and people will say if you get to, if you fall asleep and the aura room will say as well, if you fall asleep within like say five minutes, then it's a bad sign because you're overtired. The the challenge I have with that is that usually, although not recently, but usually before bed, I'm, I'm doing meditation for 15 minutes anyways. Like, so I'm getting into that point. Um, but what I was going to say is that it would be interesting when you find your O-ring to see what it does to your scores and everything else now that you're not going to be training too yeah, hard. Because I feel like you're always been running at like 7,000 RPM or something like that because you're always doing something. And I'm wondering whether you're running 7,000 RPM in third gear instead of cruising at a fourth gear and, and whether that's going to like burn things out a little bit you know something has come to mind and this is nothing to do with what we just mentioned but um, I'll, I'll be interested in that data as well if i ever find that ring um but a top and genuine top tip for people and very few people i think explore this i, I would i don't know your your thoughts what i'm about to say but i would imagine with your level of research hopefully you'll agree and maybe you've tried it yourself but really top tip so a lot of people wake up feeling really really tired right and they for snooze they for snooze they for snooze and they think it's because they haven't had enough sleep. And, and that may or may not be the case in that particular instance. But what we tend to do then is we think, I'm really tired, so I'm going to make my alarm a little bit later the following day. And then your snooze one's rise, and you go later and later, and you think, oh, I'm getting up at, I usually get up at like, seven, and today I've got to get, I'm going to get up at half past seven. That's my lion. And you wake up feeling even worse. Top tip, genuinely, is actually, if you move your alarm the other way and reduce the amount of sleep, because typically when you're about to wake up, you've got different circadian rhythms that you know. But if you're waking up in a in the wrong sleep stage or, or cycle, you'll wake up feeling really, really groggy. If you wake mm. up in the right cycle, you'll feel ready to tackle the world. And it could be you can do this in 10 or 15 minute increments. So you can say, OK, my, every time I wake, if you're someone listening to this and every time you wake up, you feel really groggy and you're constantly resting with the snooze and you haven't got the ability to set it for later because you've got to get up for work. 
set it earlier. This is about being more productive, but just do it in 15 minute increments until you find a moment where you wake up and you don't need snooze. You're just, you're just ready to get out of bed. And there'll be that time. And it's, it's all about adjusting. So you'll, you move it until you hit that light sleep moment and your body's actually ready to wake. And there are devices that help you with this. You get clocks that, that brighten up in, in all sorts and they sort of come between your eyes. You might have some of these gadgets, but yeah, absolutely yeah. game changer is finding the, the, the morning time where you wake up freshest. And for those that want to be more productive, you know, in my instance, you want to get up and go for a run before work. And you think, I'm just too tired. Play, you can make it happen. You really can. If you can work out when you're in that light sleep, Oring will help tell you that as well. So you can work out when you can set your alarm. And sometimes there are devices that will guide you. But people always think they need more sleep. And actually, when you're at the other side, we're on the wake up side of the coin and we're only playing around with 50 minutes or half an hour. You may find actually by making you have, have slightly less sleep, um, by moving the alarm clock forward, you'll wake up feeling a hundred times better than if you'd actually just press the snooze button or, or yeah, I mean, it depends. Yeah, like you say, it depends when they wake up in their sleep cycle. Cause like most people's cycles are about 90 minutes, somewhere between sort of 80 and a hundred minutes. So yeah. you can kind of work it out. There is a way to work it out. Like, um, even from, uh, your afternoon slump time. I, I, I can't remember exactly how it is, but let, let's say, um, I don't really have afternoon slumps so much because also that's to do with how you eat and how you move and everything else. But, but usually you can sort of tell, like, let's say you're, you're tired at three or something like that. Then we also have an ultradium rhythm, which is about 90 minute cycles. And you, you can then work out when you need to go to bed based on like every 90 minute increments, say till 10, 10 30, whatever. And then try and get however many 90 minutes you need overnight and work it out that way. So you, don't necessarily have to keep setting your alarm 15 minutes early, although that's one way of doing it as well. But as you say, if you wake up in the lighter part of your sleep, even if you're getting up earlier, it will be better. And there are apps as well that will do it's that. It's just 15 like, minutes. That 15 minutes can change your life if you're someone who yeah. really struggles in the mornings. It can be a massive. And we always think we have to set it later. And that's not always the case. Although interestingly, with the aura ring, and we're talking about that a little bit now, one thing I've learned that's really helped me. So someone who's suffered from something for an awful long time and actually has given me, maybe it's a psychological thing, right? But the aura ring will tell you how much time you've been in deep sleep. Now, sometimes deep sleep obviously is the most restorative sleep, the most important sleep that we need, right? For those that aren't familiar. So deep sleep is really important. What's interesting is sometimes I can go to bed at, let's say midnight and I have seven hours. It's on Saturday. And actually the deep sleep part of that might only be 90 minutes or less than that, an hour within my ordering and yet sometimes i can go to bed at say midnight and get up at five or six and it will tell me i've had two and a half hours of deep sleep now whether the ordering is accurate or whether it's not the thing for me is i can look at it and go god i've had no sleep i feel really tired look at the aura app and go actually i've had more deep sleep tonight than i would have had last night when i was in bed for longer and it's a psychological boost i go you know what i can face the world i'm feeling a bit you know a bit tired because i've only had five hours but i've had an hour and a half or two hours of deep sleep that's that's good. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, th- I, I actually sometimes find it kind of the opposite. So I'll, I'll find like, um, not the opposite, but like, let's say I go to bed later than I want, want to go to bed. Like I know I've gone to bed at midnight and then I've got up at say six to go and do work. And for me, that's not enough. Right? I need, I like eight. My, my perfect is eight and a quarter hour, hours in bed, providing me seven and a half hours of sleep according to the ordering. But I'll wake up at say six and I'll go and I'll, and I'll look at the different stats and I'll look at my HRV and I go, oh, that's a bit low, but why am I feeling quite good? 
And it's, and then it's usually, and I'll go and I'll say, oh, well, there you go. I've got, I've had two and a half hours of deep sleep tonight as opposed to one and a half hours or one. Yeah. So that's why I'm feeling good, even though I've only had six hours in total. Uh, cause I'll wake up and I go, I should not be feeling as good. And it's usually because I've had good deep sleep or, uh, particularly high HRV or something like that. And, and it's really, I find it really interesting. It's been really fascinating. I've had this now for four years, according to, uh, the question my- is though, when you get that though, so for those aren't familiar, HRV is HR variation. It's a, there's a whole bit on it and we can talk about it another time. But, um, when you wake up feeling good, you only had six hours. Do you still, because you think oh, I haven't had eight, go back to sleep or would you do what I would do and go, you know, what, I feel good. I'm happy with two hours. You know, I'm, I wouldn't know. Any of that, I wouldn't know any of that until about an hour or two after getting up because I don't check my my, my ah, aura okay. rings always blue to mode, and I make a point of not checking it until I'm downstairs because I've moved the charger down but, there. But even if you haven't checked it, if you wake up at six when you're expecting to wake up at eight, sometimes we wake up before alarms. Would you would you go back to the the routine of your alarm, or would you get up at that point? Um, typically because of my routine these days. I try not to set an, any alarm and I try to just wake up as and when. Um, tomorrow I have to be out the house by seven. So I'll be setting my alarm for half five. But, uh, if I woke up at six, like, and I felt, I think like today, perfect point, right? I woke up at six ish, six thirty, because my, I have regular kind of bowel movements that will wake me up anyway. And I actually felt quite good. I thought, oh, I could get up at 6.30 or whatever time I got up. But I thought, you know what? I don't have necessarily the intention to do anything right now. And I had already planned that I wanted to go to yoga at midday. So I was like, I'm not going to go and do exercise first thing in the morning anyway. So I thought, you know what? I'll just lie in for as long as it takes. And actually, that, I didn't, don't think... Was that your good wolf or your bad wolf? I am, you know what, because be honest, I said, be honest, go on, be honest with yourself. Was that, was it the lazy part of you or was that the, was that uh, being actually mindful about your body? Or you go, you know what, I'm going to take easy. It's options. a bit of both because I think like, like I said, for the last few years, probably since 2015, 2014, I've really, really got to prioritizing sleep where I'm like, like, let me just, and, all, and also because I, I kind of know that I think I was off the last week like with some sort of virus, even though I didn't really feel it, but there was that subtle edge missing. And I'm just like, you know what? Sleep is the best healer for so many things. So for me, I'm always, and I, and I know that tomorrow I'm going to be getting up and I've got a big day tomorrow. Like I'm training all day, teaching in the evening. So for me, I'm like sleep, sleep is my superpower. So, so I'll, I'll take it when I can get it. Um, and, and I'm okay with like lying in a little bit longer now. Um, because I just know that it's just, Sometimes I would rather miss a gym session and sleep. If I did that Fair all enough. the time, yeah, maybe not so good. If I mean, I'm, quite, I'm generally, en- I am envious, although I talk positively about being able to, I mean, you have to find coping mechanisms, right? And I, when you've had it for two decades, you, you just learn yeah. to cope with it. You don't have to, I can choose to get frustrated by the, la- the lack of sleep I get in comparison to say my wife, or I can choose just to be. And, um, but it doesn't mean I'm not slightly envious of the fact that she can get into bed or get onto a plane or a train or whatever she wants, put her head down and she's, I'm not so good on those although I've got better with like earplugs eye masks and things like that that I can do it a bit more now but yeah I think um with the insomnia stuff which is a whole other conversation but for most people uh if it's not like a psychological thing like there's a like ultimately you have to deal with the stress that is causing that in the first place but most people a lot of the sleep stuff can be 
attributable to like you know the diet the light the habits the, all of that sort of stuff that happens you might like this so um talking about that i've got a new gadget on my on my table and it's just lit up i've just had a little little drink and if you know it's, it's a hydrate spark pro bottle there you go i'm not endorsed to use it or any of these things i read about it in stuff magazine and i was on a plane i just got back from lisbon two days ago and um i ordered it while i was out there and it's already arrived it's my first kind of day with it brilliant i mean it'll be interesting if i'm still using it in a week but it has an app but basically you fill it up and it has a little light at the bottom here, which lights up. And it, it's also got a weight in there. So you fill it up. So every time you drink, it tells my app how much I've drunk. So when you empty, when the bottle's empty, it knows, which is great. And this lights up every, say, 20 minutes, go drink some more, drink some more. And then it goes different colors, depending whether it needs a refill or not. And today yeah. you'll be very pleased, Harry, because for those that don't know me at all, I don't drink water. Sometimes I can go days without drinking water. I'll drink coffee and tea, but I don't like water. I just don't like the taste of it. So I have to flavor it with everything and I, I just never have that urge to get thirsty. I can, as you know, I can cycle all day in 40 degree heat yeah, in Croatia and I'll drink because I'm told that I should. You would be a world champion. If you drink water, <laughs> I guarantee you'd be world champion, not just at the amateur level as well. I guarantee it's, it. Yeah I, yeah, I don't I don't have that urge to want to drink. But this has helped. So today, I think I'm up to about three, well, it must be two, and, I, don't know, I can probably tell you actually, about two and a half litres, which for oh. me is massive. Yeah, this is empty so again. It's just lit up. Yeah, I mean, that's good. I mean, I, whatever works, right? P- different things. I mean, like for me, the, my basic rule to everyone is like, have it in sight. So that's why I've got my bottles within arm's reach, right? If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And so I have to have it within arm's reach. Um, and, uh, you know, I, sometimes I forget to drink. That's why I have different water bottles in different rooms, because if I don't have it, like, I don't think I drunk enough today for various reasons. Um, and I fe- felt it a little bit, but we need reminders a lot of the time. Well, so you'd be that, proud of me for that, Harry. You'd yeah, be proud of me. Remind- well, I'm, I'm proud of it. Although you did say it's Ribena in there, not water. It is Ribena. Is that bad? I don't know. Maybe that's a whole different subject. I mean, it's never going to be water. Um, yeah, I, I would, I, I'd put that in the not so good category, if I'm honest, but, <laughs> but, you know, you got to start somewhere. Um, but you, you said you tried the air up bottle as well, haven't you? Have you tried the air up bottle? Uh, I don't think so, no. Who did I have that discussion with? I had this discussion with someone else who hated water, but I've seen these adverts because a lot of your taste comes from smell. No, you told me, you told me about it and it it flavors it to like orange or something. Yeah, yeah, but it's from the smell, not from, so it's regular water, but it feels like someone said it kind of works, but not quite. I'm interested to try it. I might even buy it for my mum because she doesn't. This, this, this. This hydrate bottle has an app and it knows without me having to go into the app while I've drunk and tells when to refill it and it links. Like, like so you've constantly got to be Bluetoothed up, yeah. Bluetoothed okay. up. But it's great. You know, I like apps. It links to yeah, my health work. data, links to Garmin. I, I have my phone either nowhere near me or on airplane mode most of the time. So it would never, it would never work. <laughs> it would never light up. Oh. This is another way that we are very different. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm very, again, envious of the fact that you're able to uh, disconnect from your phone more than I am, but, um, Hey, yeah. that's the world we live in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, there we go. Speaking well, look, of buddy, um, I'm yeah. conscious of time for, for for people listening in. I've got uh, some some bad evil wolves to try and contend with with this injury. We'll see uh, see how I'm doing next week when we catch up again. But um, I'm still scary. frustrated. I'm still a bit angry, but I feel a lot better and energized having uh, had a good chat with your good self. And um, yeah, we'll see what I've thrown myself into this time next week. Hopefully, it yes. won't be those voices. Something positive, I'm sure, right? Find the right path for you. Find the right path. That's it. Absolutely. Listen, buddy, it's been a pleasure. Never, ever a chore. And I will look forward to catching up with you uh, same time next week. 
Likewise. That brings us to the end of today's episode of Mindful Paths. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and found some valuable insights to help you on your journey, whatever that may be. Remember, your thoughts don't mean anything until you give them meaning. And as we've said before, mastering your mindset is a continuous journey, not a destination. If you found this episode helpful, please consider leaving us a review. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform so you never miss a future episode. Thank you for listening. I'm Harry Kalimnios. And I'm Nick Day. And we hope you will join us again in our next episode of Mindful Parts.